On the Newman Jets Audio Network, this is the JetCast, the official podcast of Newman University Athletics, featuring exclusive interviews with coaches, players, administrators, and more. The JetCast podcast is brought to you by South Central Ceiling and Paving, online at scsealing.com. Mel Hambledon Ford, Pepsi, Eck Agency, Donlinger Construction, Big Corner Creative, Dr. Brennan Lucas and Advanced Orthopedic Associates, Keystone Solid Surfaces, and by Overland Charters, the official transportation provider of Newman University Athletics. Here's the voice of the Newman Jets, Blake Kreps. Newman Jets baseball, a busy week lined up, a non-conference match on Tuesday before getting back into MIAA action coming up on Friday. The Jets are 11-7 and overall, and we're off to the best start in program history in the NCAA era through 15 games. Coach Drew Mouse is back on the JetCast. I believe episode 63 of the program today to break it all down. Coach, uh, first of all, congratulations on the fantastic start. I know that this last week it didn't go the way that you wanted, but uh, 15 games start with that RSU win, best in program history. How excited uh, were you a couple of weeks ago about how this program had started here in this 2022 campaign? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think we're playing up until this weekend. We've been playing good baseball. Um, you know, the only thing that always pops in my head is that clip of Kobe Bryant when they're up 2-0 in the finals <laughs> and uh, everybody's asking him, like why aren't you smiling you're up 2-0 and he's like job's not finished that's kind of how I feel about everything well obviously the excitement is, is something to be you know excited about but uh, Washburn was the last series we're not able to pick up a win there in some very interesting weather conditions certainly in a lot of those games swung the bats very very well but as you well know uh, pitching in those conditions is not always easy for the arms what were your thoughts about that that Ichabod series and the sweep against Washburn I thought honestly our pitchers did great Um, I mean on Saturday wind was blowing up to 40 45 miles an hour out to center field um and the fact that we held them to 22 runs uh, i think we had three zeros which is amazing in those conditions something that doesn't show up on the box score does it yeah um and they had uh two big innings that weren't weren't caused by any home runs or anything it was we made um two bad errors that led to you know a, a three run double i believe um, that led to a six spot, and then we had a four-run inning that we gave up where it was an air and a walk and then a three-run double, that type of thing. Um, and then on, on Sunday, the same thing happened. I mean, we, we knew they were going to bunt. We told our players they were going to bunt, and, you know, it's just it's hard. It's hard for our pitchers to overcome mistakes when you expect outs to be made and they're not made, you know. But um, – I will give I will give our position players credit. They fought, especially on Saturday until the very end. I think we're down eight runs going into the the ninth inning, and we ended up making it twenty two nineteen with runners on base. Um, and really, up until the last inning yesterday, I mean, we fought until the very end. It was just it just wasn't enough. Offensively, you guys have three players hitting over three fifty, and in that Washburn series, you guys did put runs on the board in all three of those games. What is making you guys click at the plate right now? Well, I I, I do think having the wind blowing out forty miles an hour helps at some point. <laughs> sure, um, you know I I think we get we get too streaky. Uh, I think there's there's times when 
when we're on, we're very, very good. Um, when we know what we're supposed to do, when we know what pitches we need to hit and where we're supposed to do, where we're supposed to go with the swings, we're very good. I think there's times that we don't put the work in front or the approach in front of what we're supposed to do, and you know we get those lackluster one, two, three innings, two strikeout innings, that type of thing. When, so, when you say you don't put the work in in front, what do you exactly mean by it, that? It, you know, you. Sometimes I feel when watching them, when watching them in the box, when watching them hit, they have an expectation of what's going to come out of that at at bat without actually working through the at bat. You know, I'm going to go up here and I'm going to hit a home run because the wind's blowing out at 40 miles an hour. Well, I think their nine hole or their eight hole in game two hit a home run, and there's no chance that on a normal day he's hitting a home run. And and it was frustrating to watch our guys try and swing for that when all you literally had to do was put the ball in the air to center field and the ball's flying out of there. So um, that's what I talk about when putting the work in and, and just trying to have a good at bat as opposed to trying to make sure an outcome comes out from the swing. Well, one guy who that has been putting good at bats together was Hayden Vandepaul, hit for the cycle in a game against the Ichabods. He's your leading hitter. You've got three hitting over 350. What is he doing in particular uh, to, to kind of lead the charge for you offensively right now? <clears throat> he's the one guy in our lineup that I will never question what he's trying to do. Um, you know, I, he sticks to an approach all the time, sometimes to a fault. Um, you know, when he, he makes outs, it's because he's sticking to that approach a little too much. But I can tell what he's trying to do every single time he steps in the box. Um, dude plays plays with his heart more than anybody on the roster. It, it's it's a joy to watch him compete every day, honestly. We're going to talk some men's triathlon coming up later on in the show. We'll actually be joined by Hayden Vandepaul next on the JetCast. And also joining him, we're going to have two baseball players on in the same segment, a freshman pitcher, Asher Fink. Got to ask you about this guy. He was pretty much unhittable over his first three starts. Mm -hmm. Got touched up a little bit at Rogers State and Washburn, his first two tastes of MIAA competition. And as you would expect, there is an adjustment for a freshman to be made. But, boy, how excited are you about his career uh, in his first uh, first taste of MIAA baseball and first taste of Division II baseball. And certainly, uh, boy, the first uh, three outings for him were electric. Yeah, we played great defense behind him. His first three outings um, at Roger State, I think he struggled with command a little bit. And instead of trying to just make the pitch, he kind of just tried to throw the ball harder um, and got, got in a tr- into some trouble um, walking some guys that led to a single and then this and that. Um, this past weekend, I thought he threw great. Um, we just didn't play defense behind him the way that we should have. And, you know, that kind of kind of showed what happened. So. Well, and, and one thing last year that you said that – was obvious to you was the fact that you guys needed to get better on the strip, get better pitching this year. How much of that is, you know, because people will look at the ERAs and the hits and all that, and like we said earlier, doesn't always show up in the box score when the defense doesn't make a play, when the offense will get an extra hit, but if the defense had made a play, you know, maybe that player doesn't even go, go to the plate that inning. So in your mind, how much has the pitching improved from last year? <clears throat> Drastically, dramatically better. Um, I would say other than Ian and Langrell and um, Cray, I think that's – I mean, our our guys this year that we've brought in have jumped 
what we had last year, um, except for those three guys, I think. And from a from a performance standpoint, I mean, it, last year we scored runs, and it was just a matter of can we keep them into this window of runs being scored, you know, both defensively and pitching. Um, obviously, the wind has not been conducive for that sometimes, <laughs> but um, for the most part, I think that that our pitching is is giving us a chance every single game to to play well. It's a matter of can we just make plays to where that 12-pitch or 15-pitch inning doesn't become a 24-pitch inning because we made an error and now he's got to face another batter or another two batters, that type of thing. So, How big of an advantage is it this year to just be able to get the season started when the season's supposed to start versus last year when you guys were you know, essentially almost a month late getting able to play at all? Yeah, I think, I think for the most part our pitching has pretty much – uh, figured out of how we want to how we want to do things. Um, there's still innings here or there, situations um, here or there that we that we're still tweaking and trying to figure out how who should we bring in for this? Um, what's the situation? Who do we need to bring in for this? That type of thing. Um, but for the pitching standpoint, I think that's pretty much figured out, and and I think it's helpful that we had three weeks of non-conference games to do so. I think it helped that from our offensive standpoint that we knew who could do what, how we want to play, that type of thing. Um, it's just making sure, and this is this is my my job over the next two weeks, three weeks, as we continue on with MIAA play, is to make sure that our guys know who they are, what they're supposed to do, and that they stay on that task the entire time. Speaking of that next two-week stretch, Missouri Western lurking. You're not going to overlook the Rangers, of course, for a 2 o'clock first pitch on Tuesday. You've got five games at home in the next two weeks. You've got the Rangers coming in from Nawasu. Then you've got Fort Hay State for a midweek split series against the Tigers on Tuesday. That one, of course, will be our first game of the year on the Newman Jets audio network, newmanjets.com slash listen or on your mobile device on the Newman Jets athletics app. You can listen to that game for a 2 p.m. first pitch next week on Tuesday. And then you've got three against Central Missouri. Then you're on the road for a month, mm -hmm. basically. Mm -hmm. So uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts on these five games at home and then uh, maybe the longest road trip in, the, in program history in the NCAA era? I cannot recall ever the Jets being on the road for an entire month without a single home date, but that's what you guys have got coming up here in the next few weeks. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Uh, we got, we got a, out of the <laughs> – we play Missouri Western this upcoming weekend. Um, we've got to get wins in the MIAA um, on the road. Have to do it this weekend. Um, and then over those next five home games, four home games of which are MIAA games, like we've got to find wins in there. I mean, it, it doesn't get easier as we go forward. Central uh, Missouri is uh, not exactly the bottom of the conference. No, no. I think they lead the conference in ERA. Um, <laughs> they were the national runners-up last year yeah. in the entire country, just yeah. in case you were wondering. Um, so, yeah, we've got to figure out how to win um, win games. We, you know, I think I think we know how to do it. It's just a matter of going out and doing it. Well, um, and, and how much more confidence should the guys have? You mentioned uh, road woes. That was a big story last year in MIAA play. How big was that? I know you could back it up at home against Washburn, but how big was that to go to Claremore and get that win over the Hillcats? It, it was. It was. It was very much needed. Um, you know, I think we we spent the first three weeks, you know, learning how to win um, and and winning games. And I think having that confidence going into Claremore was big. Um, you know, I said 
when we played Concordia that we got we spent three days clearing snow and ice off the field, <laughs> um, got punched in the mouth in game one, and then you know responded how I expected us to respond. Um, you know we had a good weekend at Rogers where we won two out of three. Um, we got punched in the mouth this weekend, and I think it's it's how do we respond? How do we go back to work? How do we handle ourselves moving forward? So, Next up for you, of course, is going to be uh, Missouri Western, the Griffins, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And once again, there are not even game times on the schedule right now. So make sure you stay tuned to newmanjets.com for when those first pitches will be posted. But uh, the Rangers are coming up here to play a home date uh, that'll be Tuesday at 2 o'clock. So you'll be getting ready for that as people are watching this here. Um, you, how important do you feel like this game is to try to start that turnaround, start building that momentum back up for my AA conference play this weekend? I think I think there are no moral victories. I mean, there is no um, – as I've told them yesterday, like our expectations have have got to rise as we continue to play well. And – you know, going into the season, I had expectations. The better we played, the expectations has to have to keep going up with that. We can't be complacent. Um, one of my good friends always says that the paranoid are the only ones who survive, <laughs> and so um, like you have to you have to train and practice that way and play that way. Um, and I think we have to get to a point where every win matters. It doesn't matter if it's an MIAA win or a win against uh, a nine-year-old baseball team. Like we have to play to win. Um, we're going to do that every single time that we take the field. Uh, that's how our coaching staff is going to approach it. I know our players want to win, but that starts with practice. That starts with pregame and goes on from there. So Next up for them, Tuesday, 2 o'clock, Northwestern Oklahoma State, and then on the road to Missouri Western. We've got the biggest baseball schedule that we've ever done on the Newman Jets Audio Network coming up for you later this year, including the last three weeks, which are all at home. So at least the MIAA gave you a little back end there. Sure. You'll spend the entire month of April, hopefully with good weather here at home. So make sure you get out and support the Jets there, but you'll be able to hear all those games, including next week, Tuesday, against Fort Hay State and Friday game one of that series against Central Missouri. Uh, but next up, the Rangers of Northwestern Oklahoma State, Tuesday at 2 o'clock. Coach, best of luck. Thanks so much for the time. I appreciate it. Thank you. We've got two Jets baseball players, a pitcher and an outfielder. They're coming up next on the JetCast. Hey, boss, the backhoe was stolen from the Valley job. Great. And our computers were hacked last night, and they got some of our clients' information. Seriously? And your wife called. She said the dead tree you were supposed to tear down fell on your neighbor's roof. Ah. What am I going to do? I'd call Eck Agency. They're great at providing insurance solutions to protect your business, work comp, home, and autos before these things happen. Call or text Eck Agency at 316-303-1905 or visit eckagency.com. Hi friends, Phil Nightingale, General Manager of Mel Hamilton Ford. As we look back over 2021, I'll admit there were some challenges, but overall, it was a great year. It was a year full of great events, new beginnings with our warehouse, and another year of taking care of customers and giving back to this great community. Whether you visited Mel Hamilton Ford to purchase a vehicle or visit our Facebook to enter a contest, we appreciate your time and your business. Thank you to every customer from racing to quick lane. Mel Hamilton Ford, taking care of customers since 1984, experience the difference. New baseball back on the diamond, actually against... Northwestern Oklahoma State, an early midweek matchup, and then a return to MIAA play on the road. 
Seems like these guys are going to be living on the road for about the next month. They've got five home dates coming up in the next two weeks. And then they're gone from Wichita for a month. So make sure you get out to support the Jets, especially next week. Tuesday, first pitch is at 2 o'clock against Northwestern Oklahoma State. Next week, the Jets are going to be in action against Fort Hay State in a midweek conference matchup, 2 o'clock first pitch. And we will actually have that game covered for you on the Newman Jets Audio Network with live play-by-play coverage. And, of course, you can watch the games on the uh, MIAA Network, the MIAA Network.com slash Newman. We are joined here today, if you are watching on YouTube or on the Newman Jets Facebook page, of course, if you're listening as a podcast, then you can't see this. But all the way on the corner is Hayden Vanderpool, outfielder, redshirt sophomore from Broomfield, Colorado. He is leading the team in batting average right now and actually hit for the cycle in the series against the Washburn Ichabods. And Asher Fink is the team leader in ERA among the Jets starters, a freshman pitcher for the Jets. Guys, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for being on. Thanks for having us. Well, well let's start here. Hayden, you guys uh, last year – got off to such a slow start just in terms of not being able to play at all. I mean, I think you guys had like eight dates that were canceled or Correct. postponed due to coronavirus last year. So it was it, it felt like it was a month before you guys even got to play last year. Uh, how good did it feel this year to get off to an 11-4 start, best start in NCAA program history for the Jets, and, and really start to build some momentum early? Yeah, so last year we – Kind of had dates canceled, weren't able to play any pre-conference games. So this year was really nice to get in and feel it out and um, learn how to play with each other in pre-conference games and then hop right into conference. And we were at um, Rogers State and actually uh, had some pretty good games up there. Uh, A little shaky at some parts, but um, just looking forward to more conference series and showing up and asher your first experience as newman baseball as a a newman baseball player uh, you've had three incredible starts to your career i know that the last two have been a little bit more bumpy in the miaa but uh, how do you feel like you're coming along here in your first campaign as a jet uh it's been really cool uh i haven't had an opportunity to start like this before and i had to prove a lot along the way but uh, it's been really exciting i'm proud of myself how far i've come and i'm I'm excited. I'm confident. I feel like I'm just getting going. And uh, Roger State was a little bumpy here there in the fifth, but I feel like I bounced back pretty well this week against uh, Washburn. Um, yeah, just I'm really excited to keep it going. So let me let me first follow up on that, and we'll get back to you, Hayden. But uh, he, I want to follow up on that. Were you primarily a reliever in high school? Uh, I didn't really pitch at all in high school. I was a big football guy. Really? Yeah, I decided I just I I would start pitching whenever I was 14. Uh, so uh, so if you were – I mean, did you play – how much high school ball did you play? I made my varsity appearance my senior year of high school. So you had basically one year to get things figured out. How did right. you figure out that you were going to be able to be a college baseball player without having that experience? How did how were you able to, to figure that out? Uh, all my life growing up playing football, I was a big quarterback. Uh, I loved playing quarterback, my favorite spot to play. So I had a pretty good arm, and I uh, started getting into pitching, and I met with the right guys, the right pitching coaches, some ex-pro guys, and they uh, kind of built a foundation for my mechanics and uh, just kind of went off from there. And then my senior year of high school, I was actually throwing 90 miles an hour, so I was like, maybe I actually have a shot at this. That's a, that is pretty good. So you, how, what has the challenge been like for you to try to build arm strength without you know any kind of a long-term background to build on that because – 
if I'm not mistaken, you've lasted at least five and two-thirds innings in every start that you've had this year, which right. is exactly, you know, when you're playing, a lot of your games have been, you know, seven-inning games, or some of them have been seven-inning games, but that's exactly what you want right. is some guy to get you into the sixth, get you into the seventh. You'd be able to do that on a consistent basis this year. What's that process been like to build up your endurance? It's been it's been tough. It's a, been a little weary, shaky, too, because I get really fatigued, and I'm thinking maybe I'm injured, but I'm really just – really tired just not used to it ever the past two years the longest I've ever gone is three innings and I come here and I'm going six seven five yeah. you know so it's a it's a big change but it, I feel like I've uh I've gotten the right coaches and fit the pieces together correctly over my career Hayden let's go back over to you you're a redshirt sophomore but right now I mean not that you don't have help because Tyler Push a couple other guys think you've got three that are hitting at least 350 on the team right now but in terms of offense for the team you're kind of the guy right now what's it like to be put into that leadership role as a redshirt sophomore uh this is my third year playing for coach mouse so um just understanding what he wants us to do at the plate having our plan when we go up there uh it's really big for me to understand that and know what i'm trying to do so that when young guys come in or um someone's going up to the plate I can go uh, give him a little bit of wisdom, tell him we just need a base hit here. Maybe the wind's blowing out and Jenner Steele comes up. He's a big dude. So I'm like, hey, man, you got two swings. Try to hit it out, something like that. So just being able to give someone a little bit of wisdom so they know what they're trying to do when they go up to the play, I think – um, Mouse has really taught me well so that I can spread that wisdom on everyone else. Now, your first year, I mean, we don't, we're not going to ever know what would have happened, what could have happened that year. Everything was just cut off, and, and you guys were done there in March due to the pandemic. Yeah. Last year, obviously, was a struggle. Did not have a great start to the season because of the absences and not being able to play games for the first month. But this season, totally different. You guys have the best 15-game start in the history of the program in the NCAA Division II era. What's the excitement level been like on campus, and have you heard from people in the community about how excited they are about what you guys have put out on the field early this season? Um, I haven't heard too much around campus. Uh, I do know that a lot of the other sports are excited to come out and watch. Um, being a small campus, uh, we as a baseball team always get out to the basketball games and the volleyball games, so when those players come out and watch us, we really do enjoy that, and they've been pretty excited about our start. Um, we're just really trying to keep this uh, start that we have going. So I, I do want to ask about that because you guys are you know, across from us, um, and, and this could be for either one of you. Who is the, the one in charge of making sure that you guys are getting there and getting allowed? Because, yeah, you guys definitely bring a little something special to the basketball games on, on Thursday and Saturday afternoons. Definitely Hayden. Yeah. Hayden and Hayden, Connor. Mostly. That's all you? A yeah. uh, little bit of Connor Langrell, too. Sure. Um, a lot of us do live on campus, so uh, whenever we don't have anything going on, if we don't have practice, I know everyone else is just sitting in their room, so I'll go knock on doors and <laughs> get people out to the game. Good man. Uh, but it's to me, it's really just uh, we have a small campus. Uh, if we can show up and support the other teams, then – uh, we better be doing that. Now, I'm going to go back to you here, Asher. As you are, I'm assuming you've probably found out by now, if you haven't already, probably the Washburn series was a good indication. It can get pretty breezy at McCarthy Field. Not exactly what I would call a pitcher's ballpark where the no. wind is blowing out. Uh, how difficult was that to navigate against the Ichabods uh, this past weekend in that series? In my game, I got kind of lucky because the wind went 
shifted and started blowing in from oh, center. Okay. But, but for uh, Nate Denniston, it was it was really hard for him because wind was blowing about 40 miles an hour out, and they were getting really cheap hits, just like bleeders and bloopers. And he was re- he was being really competitive in the zone, making really good pitches. They're just everything everything was just falling against him, really in the luckiest way. And a ball that hits a mile high in the air, it's just automatically going to go out because the yeah. wind was blowing about 40 out. So. Yeah, we've we've seen that several times over the years, Hayden. You know, you guys offensively put together pretty three pretty decent games, especially that second one. Um, you know, what were your thoughts on on how that series played out? Obviously, would have liked to keep the momentum, kept the momentum going even further. But you know, Washburn's going to be a pretty decent team. How did you? How did that series uh, feel to you? Um, <clears throat> it was pretty hard because uh, we came out uh, in those first two games and just like, like Asher said, cheap hits and. Um, when we have momentum going into a game and we feel strong, uh, good BP or whatever, uh, and then they get cheap hits, it kind of um, takes away from that momentum a little bit. Uh, in the second game, I think, well, we were able. they scored four runs. We were able to come out and hit three home runs in the first inning, so that kept our momentum going and kept us in the game. But uh, right after that, it was just a consistency thing. Um, they were putting barrels on or barreling up balls more than we were, and uh, they were consistently putting base runners on the base path. So um, I think if we would have done that, we would have taken at least one, maybe not two. So it's just a consistency thing. we got to get back to that. Now, obviously, you had a pretty good weekend uh, going for the cycle on Saturday. How did that feel to, to go for the cycle? And, and did you understand when you had the cycle, like, okay, this is what I need? No, I didn't even know that I was even close. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, first A-B in the first inning, I came up, hit a home run. And then my second A-B, I hit a single, and uh, the left fielder ended up missing it. So it turned into like a little league home run kind of. Sure. And so I didn't even really think of that being a single. And then the triple that I had, I absolutely crushed it. And (laughs) the wind had shifted at this point and blew the ball back. Okay. I don't know, 100 feet, and it landed in right center, and I hit that thing over the left field wall. Wow. (laughs) And then – um the double I hit it and ended up on second and then after I scored one of the coaches came up to me he's like hey you just hit for the cycle I was like did I really (laughs) (laughs) well you know it's uh any way that you can get there it doesn't matter how it gets there you always count it the same Asher as a freshman what do you think has been your biggest adjustment to playing collegiate baseball from your one year of high school, what's the biggest adjustment you've had to make to make yourself competitive here at the collegiate level? Well, the hitters are a lot better, that's for sure. You can't just throw fastballs by them. But uh, over my past two years of my junior college, where I was luckily able to spend a free two years there, I got a lot of wisdom from our head coach, uh, Chris Ratiki. Interesting last name. But uh, it's a whole lot of sitting back, watching the older guys above me who have a lot more experience than me, you know, mind picking from them, mind picking from my coach. He's a really old style guy, and he he makes us call our own games. And he'll we'll sit there before practice and talk about each pitch and each at bat, and he'll ask for our input and ask like what we thought about it. So those last few years are really crucial for me in learning how to be a pitcher and learning how to pitch and when to throw certain pitches and how to get a feel for the batter and try to figure out what his approach is and try to beat him at his approach and kind of go the opposite. So four-game week for you guys now. You've got Northwestern Oklahoma State coming up again, 2 o'clock first pitch. That is coming up on Tuesday. And then you guys will be on the road. Missouri Western coming up for the three-game series. And by the way, if you're watching this, they don't even have game times posted for that series yet. So they'll figure it out as they go. Uh, What kind of an adjustment is that for you, just understanding that 
the baseball schedule is really just a suggestion and, and not really set in stone like like other sports. Uh, it's a it's like almost, you always got to be ready to go. You never know sure. when it's going to go, so you got to stay you got to stay prepared so you don't have to get prepared. Um, especially as a pitcher, you just got to stick to your routine, do your daily stuff. Um, I could pitch normally. I pitch on Sundays, but I might pitch on a doubleheader on Saturday. You never know, so I might be a short day's rest. So I always have to keep my mind sharp and make sure that. I'm prepared for whatever, whether it be an extra day of rest or a day short of rest. And Last question will be for you, Hayden. Uh, you guys obviously had a fantastic start to the season. How important do you feel like this midweek game is going to be to try to reclaim some of that momentum for the trip up to St. Joseph this weekend? I think it's going to be huge. Uh, definitely coming off of being swept by Washburn, who I definitely think we could have taken a game from. Uh, our consistency just wasn't there at the plate in the field um pitchers were getting us outs and we just weren't able to make some of the simple plays so uh going into playing northwestern oklahoma i think being able to uh get back to that consistency and go up to the plate have our plan um while we're in the field have this plan to uh what we're going to do with the ball so just making sure everything is back on track it's gonna be good Hayden Vandepaul, Asher Fink, once again, 2 o'clock first pitch. You can watch those games on Tuesday. One game against the Rangers of Northwestern Oklahoma State on the MIAA Network, themiaanetwork.com slash Newman. And then, of course, the games coming up against the Griffins of Missouri Western, three games set Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Guys, thanks and good luck. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank appreciate you. it. Excited about getting them on the audio network later on this season. We're excited to talk some triathlon when we come back. Let's face it, it's been a while since you updated your kitchen and bathroom. And while they fit your style when your house was built, styles change. Or maybe the space just isn't fitting your current needs. That's where Keystone Solid Surfaces comes in. Keystone is the premier fabricator and installer of quartz, granite, and solid surfaces in Kansas. And with their huge brand new showroom at 1655 North Wabash in Wichita, providing the perfect inspiration, the possibilities are truly endless. That's why when it's time for an upgrade, the key is Keystone. KeystoneSolidSurfaces.com or find great specials on Facebook. Where can you land the best jet swag? The official online store of Newman University Athletics and UJetsGear.com. Store features the greatest variety of Jets logo gear anywhere. The latest clothing styles and hats to Newman branded lawn chairs and office supplies and more. And UJetsGear.com is your place to purchase sports specific, alumni, parents, and hard to find Newman merchandise. Shop right now on your computer or phone and UJetsGear.com or click the Shop Now button at newmanjets.com Wrapping up the JetCast today with men's triathlon. They were supposed to be in action up in Wisconsin this past weekend. That didn't end up happening, so next up for them, Try Wash U. It's March 13th, Sunday, St. Louis, Missouri. Andrew Wynn is a junior out of Wichita, Kansas, a Capen Mount Carmel Crusader. So good to have you on the show, Mr. Wynn. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Well, I know that it had to be disappointing to not get into action. When did you guys find out that you weren't going to be able to, to go up to that race? We found out around Tuesday. Our coach had a conversation with us after practice. Yeah, it would have been... It would cost a lot more money for us to stay. Under, understandably yeah. so. So the last time that you guys were in action was at the downtown YMCA Triathlon, which was an event that you guys hosted. And I believe the University of Missouri also came and participated yeah. in that. First of all, it was the first ever event with participants from other schools that Newman's ever hosted. What was it like to get to race at home for a change? 
it was nice not having to travel for once. That <laughs> yeah. was nice. Um, it was fun seeing all of our parents and everyone around town cheering us on. What was that like? Because, I mean, in your guys' sport, because you're outdoors, you know, there is, there's always that separation between you guys and the fans. And, you know, in the Y, it's at the downtown Y, by the way, for those of you here in the Wichita area, you know, you guys, the fans were really kind of on top of you compared to a normal event. What was that like, and, and how did that kind of change the nerves that you had for that event? It was just nice having support, seeing everyone there. Super close, actually. Our coach just being super near us, yelling at us the entire time. That was that was fun. I experience. saw a coach. I saw the video. I think you know Riley may have taken it from the athletic office, and I saw that. Yeah, he was kind of right there on the track. How different is that when you've got your coach? You know, normally the coach he's always watching somewhere, but uh, it's it's not often that they just get to to yell right in your ear oh, as you're yeah. as you're running. It makes it makes for a more fun experience. Definitely makes you work harder because you don't want your to be going really slow while your coach is just staring you down. Now, one other thing that, that was very interesting, because you guys, you, you've raced indoor events before. Actually, you know, how many events have you actually done? Because you've come in to triathlon at about the worst time ever because they had a season where it was cut off and then a season that was basically entirely canceled. And then, so this is this mainly your first full regular year of triathlon? Yeah, it's been our Actually, yeah, it is our first regular year in a so long let me, time. So let, let me go back to that. What was that like being on the team for two years and basically not getting to play any games? It was rough, honestly. A lot of us got burnt out or got really bored with trying because it just became a whole year of just working out, working out, working out, on the grind, on the grind. A lot of us got bored, and our coach had to like make up some random race events for us so we didn't get bored during practice so how has it been this year to try to get back into competition and i know that for a lot of athletes there's you know a different like competitive mindset that you have to have when there's other athletes out there on the track or on the cycle with you or you know wherever whatever part of the race that you're on did you find that you were able to get reacclimated to that competitive mindset quickly i felt like it was easier for me to get reacclimated since i was just happy just to be able to race again Definitely took that for granted last year. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully you yeah. won't have to go through that again. Um, okay, so getting back to my original question, when you guys are racing, how many indoor races have you done? You usually do like three or four per year. So, yeah. But from talking to Coach Lovegren, one thing that he was really excited yeah. about for this event was that the fact that the transitions were going mm -hmm. to count for time. So normally in triathlon, which you see this in the Olympics, when you're getting out of the you – know, normally they do the swim first and the time that it takes them to actually get – see, the bike is second, correct? Yes. So the time it takes to, for them to get their shoes on, get to the bike, actually get on the course, that actually counts for time. Mm -hmm. And the same as they're transitioning to running. I think they change shoes maybe. I, I don't know. I'm not an expert. But uh, normally in an indoor event, that doesn't mm -hmm. count. Yeah. So what was the adjustment that you guys had to make with to to make sure that you guys got through all of the transitions as quickly as possible i mean we have we have time we wear time and shifts to make sure our transitions are counted but like i'm not used to doing transitions especially in an indoor environment yeah. so i had to make sure to be careful not to slip on the floor or make sure i didn't slip or fall uh, how different yeah. was that because you know normally when you're doing these transitions outside there's plenty of space you mm -hmm. got a place to park your bike whereas here i mean you guys kind of went from swimming in the pool to you know getting on the bike and then you know my understanding is you guys kind of had to run up the stairs oh yeah that was rough after the <laughs> bike you had to run up like two or three flights of stairs and straight into the run that was brutal wow on your legs so i mean how do you feel like you performed in that event 
think I did. I did okay. I mean, there's always improvements to be made, but I had a lot of fun, which was the most important part. What What do you think is the biggest improvement that you'd like to make? If you still got one more year left in the program, what's an improvement that you'd like to make for your personal, you know, I, I guess, what's going to make you a better triathlon athlete next year? I think for me, I need to work on my bike since it is my weakest discipline. So that's one thing I would love to improve on. So coming up, it's Sunday, March 13th, St. Louis, Missouri, Try Wash U. Uh, know anything about anybody who's going to be there? Any other schools or participants? Uh, we should at least have our conference. So I think Iowa, Iowa State, obviously to host Wash U, maybe Wisconsin, maybe Minnesota. Okay, so a lot of, I mean, you know, it's a division. We are a Division two school, obviously, but you know, in triathlon. There's not that varsity level of competition, so they're going up against the biggest and the best in the Big Ten coming up uh, on March 13th. And uh, last question for you: This is the last tune-up that you guys have before the Collegiate Club National Championships coming up on April 1st and April 2nd. Uh, that's the first weekend in April. So, final question for you: What do you guys need to do? What do you need to do individually? What do you guys need to do collectively as a team to make sure that you guys are tuned up and make sure that you're ready to go for that national event for to decide hopefully some championships for the Jets coming up in April. We got to like make sure we're in shape. We got to make sure fine-tune our swim, bike, and run, making sure we can bike outside again because we haven't done that in a long time, Open for, work on open water swimming because we also haven't done that either. I don't know if the weather is going to allow yeah, you to do that. We'll we'll see. We'll have to working on the pool, but the and yeah. I guess the last thing is, how do you guys have to manage your body and and make sure? Because obviously you you're going to have two weeks off here, maybe you know two or three weeks off. Uh, how do you make sure that you guys are in peak performance? Because you don't want to overtrain for nationals. You want to yeah. make sure that you're ready to give your best effort and put your best performance out there on uh, in April. How do you make sure you do that? So basically, next week we're going to have. For spring break, we'll have Monday and Tuesday for practice, but those are going to be super long practices. We might do some biking in Flint Hill, long bike rides in Flint Hills, and maybe a super long run. And then the week after that, we'll have one big push to get us in shape and fine-tune everything. And then the week after, we'll be traveling for nationals, we'll taper it off, get a little race prep in. Okay, so we'll to go. it all starts on March 13th, their second-to-last match of the year, last regular season event of the year. Andrew Wynn, a former Capon Mount Carmel High School Crusader, a junior from right here in Wichita, Kansas. Best of luck to you Thank during you. the next race and obviously then during nationals as well. Thank you. That is our show. We'll be off next week for spring break and planning in a couple of weeks, talking some Newman Jets softball. We'll get the softball girls back on the air. So until then, Blake Cripp saying, go Jets.